Fair use is a legal doctrine that promotes freedom of expression by permitting the unlicensed use of copyright-protected works in certain circumstances. Section 107 of the Copyright Act provides the statutory framework for determining whether something is a fair use and identifies certain types of uses, such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research, as examples of activities that may qualify as fair use. Section 107 calls for consideration of the following four factors in evaluating a question of fair use. Purpose and character of the use. Nature of the copyrighted work. Amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. Effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. The following is an attempt to explain what triggering images are. Series based on the life and legacy of Mamie Till Mobley and her son Emmett Till. This content can be triggering due to historical and current day traumatic experiences. Emotional support is available. Text Steve to 741741 to connect with a trained counselor provided by Crisis Text Line in partnership with the Steve Fund. The Hulu series drama depicting the Emmett Till story of the 1950s racial violence against black people by white supremacy hate crimes may or may not trigger some African Americans today in 2022. The span of elapsed time of such dramatic racial terror can trigger some heavy emotional pain even today for some older black people. However, there are some current factors, i.e., span of time, e.g., poverty, social circumstances, lack of one or both parents familial disconnect, etc. Such factors make it difficult for younger generations to relate, empathize with, or feel an ancestral connection with said historical events. Ironically, post-traumatic slave syndrome does not require familiarity to have a deleterious effect on current racism experienced by contemporary black Americans. Because we simply just can't relate to our painful past does not alleviate current racial disparity and all its social implications. Assalamu alaikum, brother. 
Peace to the universe. What's going on? Tell me, bro. Uh, everything and nothing at the same time, brother. We are in a, um, a whirlwind, and yet we find some uh, calm in the storm. Um, how are you doing this week? And uh, greetings to the audience. Thank you for coming in to the podcast. This is Black Mental Health and Race. Um, I am MF Doug, and I have my co-host, Dr. Moore. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Um, I just saw this week, um, my daughter actually, um, invited me to watch this TV series called, um, Women of the Movement. Have you heard of it? Yes, the Emmett Till story. Wow. That's a powerful piece, brother. Um, I didn't get to the second episode before I just went into a ball of tears. Uh, we'll talk about the mental on that and um, what happens to people that relive trauma. One of the... Um, for the audience that may be listening out in the universe, one of the reasons we started this podcast is because um, of um, something that um, Dr. Moore told me about um, a couple of um, lecture series. Is it also a book, uh, Dr. D uh, Joy DeGruy? Is that a book as well as lecture series? Uh, Post-traumatic. It's it's a book as well as um, a lecture series. Uh, Dr. Joy DeGruy, Post-traumatic um, slave syndrome. Um, we have been in America as Black Americans for almost four to five hundred years. For the great majority of that time, we have been um, um, under the tyranny of uh, white supremacy and um, we haven't fared too good and last week we did a podcast on the state of the black union and now um, we'll continue to our first real episode of 2022 um, what's on your mind brother any um, eventful best, things best, that you best. went through this week being a black man in America, brother. I just been a clinician, brother. Somebody trying to my hair? Somebody's James. That's me, James. Well, you could have let him finish his thought, James. Hold on. And welcome to the podcast, brother James. Uh, Dr. Moore, yeah, finish your thought. Okay. Yeah, so I would, no, I was saying that, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear um, a variety of different stories uh, every day, you know, with my, with my clients. So um, every 
day is a different day. But uh, just responding to what you would say in terms of uh, we're talking about post-traumatic slave syndrome, right? And 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 how it may have affected or impacted uh, Black Americans in this country. And I just want to talk about um, things like um, what was the case with the uh, the guy that went into the movie theater and shot up all the people? The white guy that went into the movie theater and shot up all the people? The Joker, um, he went into the Batman movie on the, right. on the opening he, day of he, Batman. Right. And then just the uh, number of school shootings, right? Yes, sir. Um, where uh, the white kid went in and, and uh, what was one of those schools? Uh, uh, tell me the name of one of those schools. Um, Columbine is one of them. Col- yeah, Columbine is one of them. So, um, just a number of atrocities, right, that have happened with um, majority of white people, like that incident that happened. I think it was in Vegas or California, where a white guy um, shot a number of people. They were at a concert, and and from his hotel room, he killed a lot of people. Yeah, and, I think um, that was Las Vegas. Oh no, it was California, right? I think it was Las Vegas. Okay. I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying all that to say that a lot of times when these things happen, they bring in trauma units, right, to help people who have um, went through these things or experienced these things uh, to help them uh, kind of learn coping skills or learn how to cope. Um, with these type of traumas that they experience, right? Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying it to say that what happened with African-Americans, what happened with the slaves in 1865, 1863, when the Emancipation Proclamation kicked in? What mental, what mental health agencies, what, what counseling what therapy uh, agencies or people were, were put in place to help these ex-slaves learn coping skills of how to be functioning human beings in this new American society. And, and, and if they were, or if they were not, what do you think the the effects or the psychological effects would have been to the offsprings and to the immediate people who left slavery at that time. What do you, what do you think, and 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 what do you think the impact psychologically? And I'm being facetious when I'm when I'm saying this to you. Yes, sir. What do you think the impact would have been or has been to those people who had just left that? traumatic system of slavery for over 300 years hmm. um, we went untreated to this very day for that very um, real um, trauma and it's passed on to generations um, I also um, had a, a different aspect because tonight's theme is about should we as black people 
um, particularly women, women in the movement, um, should we struggle? Uh, um, should we um, engage in a black struggle for um, this collective that we spoke of last week? Or should we invest that time into more productive avenues like going to school, like um, uh, taking care of your family, your immediate family? Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you in terms of me crying, I haven't cried for all of the trauma that I had to experience with my daughter. And she went through some harrowing events in her life. And I barely cried. But with this, it was like I was hardwired to what I was seeing. That even the at the beginning of each episode, they give a, 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 a psychology warning that the events that are shown in this Emmett Till story are triggering. They give an actual warning at the beginning of each episode, if these types of images are triggering to you, they advise you not to even watch the show. Um, so that's the hard way. And I, I wanted to know from your experience, because what I said that made me cry, because I, I, I searched my soul, like, what the hell am I crying for? But I thought of my parents and my parents, knowing that they went through this shit, and I'm here, and I'm not feeling that experience now in terms of racism and in terms of racial violence, not as much as they are, or they would have to have endured back in the 50s, I cried. And I wanted to know from you, since you weren't close with your mother or your father, Dr. Moore, does that make it less real to you? And then we'll let uh, Brother James speak. I just wanted to ask you that question. Well, interesting enough, uh, I, I had a conversation earlier uh, about something similar to this, and I was saying that I, I, I think in particularly African American communities, um, people don't know the seriousness of therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Having therapy, and I think therapy should be as regular as any medical appointment that a person might have. And, I, and, I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm saying that because a lot of times people will make you feel a certain way about therapy, make you feel shame or make you feel embarrassed, make you feel like something is wrong with you because you are going to therapy, right? Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times it's, it's immediate friends and family, right? Right. That will try to shame you for that. But at the same time, you have immediate friends and family that will, that will tell you secrets, right? Or will have family secrets or will have friend secrets of, of things that they don't want you to share with anybody else. Hmm. And a lot of times these, these things happen early on in our lives. 
and our family members to say, don't put our family family business out there. You know, whatever happens in our house, we keep it in our house. And so what's happening is you have this learned behavior of dysfunctionality. And you're growing up and somebody's telling you all your life, don't tell nobody this. Don't tell nobody this, right? So what you're learning is how to not cope with unhealthy things. Mm. So you're walking around, you're learning as a young person into your adulthood to hold on to traumas and things that are very complicated and difficult to handle. But you don't have anybody to help you process through these things. People are just telling you to hold on to them. Mm -hmm. Right? And my, my, my feelings about that is therapy is not necessarily a place where you gotta go because you have problems, because you feel homicidal, because you feel suicidal. But therapy might be a place that is safe for you just to communicate, just to talk, because you don't have any other, you don't have another place to go to to be able to do that. But you feel heavy, you feel weight, right? You feel things that you don't know how to deal with, that you don't know how to cope with. And sometimes all you need is a shoulder to cry on. Sometimes all you need is somebody to hear you. Sometimes all you need is to be able to get that off of your chest. And, and it is so unhealthy for people to tell you or for you to think, no, you don't do that. You walk around and you be a superhero and you, you handle all this stuff by yourself. Mm. That is the most dysfunctional and unhealthy advice anybody could ever give somebody. Yes, sir. Um, and, you know, the reason I asked about um, the relationship with your parents is I didn't want to put your business out there. However, what I wanted to parallel that with is the fact that there are so many disconnects with the trauma through slavery by by default because there are so many African um, African American or black families where there, there is either a one or no parent household so I don't see how, how these children that are growing up now can relate to slavery much less um, any any type of uh, feel any type of trauma from it well see I, 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 I think um, from my perspective or from a psychological perspective yes sir it's, 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 it's not that they don't feel it right they just might not understand it right because because what's what's happening is things are happening in your unconscious right and you're doing things in your unconscious that you're not even conscious of Hmm. But it is a direct result of what happened with your parents, right? Wow. And your grandparents. That 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 was passed on to you. Wow. You know, it, it could just be the way that you get up in the morning. It could just be the way that you communicate in the morning. The way that you communicate throughout the day. The way that you, you the way that you see things. It, it, it's, and you don't know why you're responding to things a certain way. 
something happened in your childhood that told you, like when you said, man, I never really even cried. I didn't even know where the tears came from. Mm. Right? So, so what's the deeper question or what's the deeper thought to that? Right? What, what happened in your childhood? What happened early on that made you not cry? What made you suppress feelings that you should have probably had or responded to? Hmm. That you find yourself now as an older adult saying, wow, let me just let this out. Oh, wow, this just came out. Mm-hmm. As opposed to when you were younger, how you suppressed that because you was taught that. And so, um, to the people, the listeners out in the audience, not just uh, our live audience that is with us here now, but just to anybody that would dare to have these conversations, um, what are you going to feel and how do you handle it? And what do you think of um, engaging in some type of collective movement to make things better for um, the masses of black people. Um, well, I, saw, I, 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 I saw this clip, right, um, the other day, and a guy was speaking, and he said um, his grandfather walked 10 miles of school. Hmm. His father walked five miles to school. He drove a Cadillac to school. <laughs> his son, his son drives a Mercedes to school. Hmm. His grandchildren will drive some other luxury vehicle. <laughs> right. All praise is due to Allah. <laughs> but but his great grandchild will walk to school again. Right? Why is why is that? Now here's here's what's happening. The father, the grandfather that walked to school mm-hmm. made it a little bit easier for his child. Mm-hmm. So his child walked five miles instead of ten. That father that walked five miles made it easier for his child. So his child didn't walk to school at all. His child drove to school. Right? Mm-hmm. That father that drove to school made it that much easier for his child to drive to school, even in a nicer car. Mm-hmm. But what's happening here is that while these people that struggle, they made life easier and easier for every generation that came along to them. Mm. But what they took out and what they missed was the struggle. Mm. So each generation was removing struggle for the next generation. And so none of those generations were experiencing the same type of struggle. So the generations were becoming weaker and weaker. And what happened was, Instead of making a generation stronger, they made them weaker. And what they ended up with was a lack of generational warriors. Mm. Or even respect for their past. Respect for their past. Um, well, they, 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 they didn't even 
even know their past. Hmm. Or they couldn't even relate to their past. Hmm. They couldn't relate to, to, to their grandfather and their great-grandfather. They couldn't even relate to that history. Hmm. Brother James, um, welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Black Mental Health and Race. Um, go ahead, brother. for us to have a foundation. The, the foundation is one main goal. Um, 